your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? It's really, it's really awful. Do it to it, brother. everybody and welcome to the Lutheran Stuff No Drama No Drama podcast. My name is Pastor Hoffman and with me is Zach Lesher. Say hello Zach. Hey guys, how you doing? So today I hope you've been following along because we we came back from our long hiatus and we started in on Galatians and for those of you who are following us uh, we're going through using the Lutheran Study Bible and the outline. And so as of now, we've made it all the way through chapter 2, verse 14. And the outline for today calls for us to finish out the chapter, which is Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 through 21. So as we get started, I'll, I'll start off by reading it. We also have a very interesting question from our uh, Lutheran Stuff No Drama Facebook group. They've posted some good questions. And so we'll, we're going to address that too. So beginning with the reading, verse 15, uh, St. Paul begins, We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not, for if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor, for through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify this, the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Boom! Amen, amen! Wow! I mean, seriously, that's, uh, that's gonna, that's gonna, there's really nothing there. We should probably just skip this whole thing. Have a good night, folks! Alright, thanks for listening! <laughs> we tried, but there was just no meat on that bone. So... We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Okay, so we need to do this. We need to, uh, 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 we need to talk about what Paul is. Now, we've already heard that we know that Paul was a Jew, a Pharisee of Pharisees, and that he has formal education. He's not, you know, he wasn't just some wingnut. He's somebody who has been trained in the ways of, of Jewish custom and tradition. 
And so when he talks about uh, being a Jew by birth, which he is, and, and circumcised on the eighth day, etc., etc. So he talks about them saying, look, we're Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, okay? Now, the Jews, um, the Gentile sinners, you know, you can go into that for a long time, but the Gentiles were somebody who had so long ago Tower of Babel fallen away. They were not part of the nation. They were lost. And so they weren't even allowed to hang out with them and stuff like that. So he's, he's making a good point. But for all of their good works and for all of their observances, for all of every keeping every the Sabbath, etc., etc., he says, and yet... He's clearing up some things that people may not like to hear this. So if you, if you don't like hard truth, it's time to plug your ears right now. I'll wait for three seconds. Okay. He says, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law... No one will be justified. I just ruined a lot of people's weekend. Well, no, not mine. That, oh, not that, yours. That no, no, news. no. That's that, yeah. That pure gospel, you can keep it flowing, man. Keep oh, yeah. that, that fountain. Keep that fountain flowing. But yeah, he's um throwing down the the gospel here and he's making a law gospel distinction right i love it so here stands the law here stands the gospel the law kills and condemns me but the gospel is saving me totally so he's saying i'm a jumping ship onto the other yeah and so is he saying the law is bad absolutely not no he's not he's saying look all right we know who we are we know we know uh, this stuff, and he's talking about being observant and things like that. It is amazing, and this is why I think this is why Lutherans, you know, play their kind of mental parade music when they see this, because they stop and watch this wonderful Law and Gospel show go right by them. And they're, they're, you know, kids are sitting on their shoulders, and they're waving at it because... It's to say, look here, Lutherans love to see law and gospel rightly distinguished. Yeah, well, I mean, if you mingle the two, you no longer have either, do you? Yeah. Could you imagine, I mean, if he was saying, you know, we are by Jews by birth, and therefore this isn't a problem, but for the Gentiles, it is a problem. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, I think I would just close the book and fall on my sword, right? Yeah. There's no hope. <laughs> and I'm done. This has been Falling on My Sword with Zach Lesher. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's so important, and St. Paul is so important in preaching law and gospel, and uh, I love it because of saying, look, I know who we know who we are. We know who they are. And yet, when it comes to salvation, you need to know who God is. <laughs> well, and I want to make a distinction. When Paul says, also, we have believed in Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Yeah. 
he's not being synergistic here, obviously, because we know Paul to be a monergist because God is monergistic. He acts alone, working with God or cooperating in your yeah. salvation. But um, he's saying, I have abandoned, you know, the ordinances of, of ceremonial law. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, not moral law, because moral law serves your neighbor, but that's not what justifies me here. And I am following the teaching of salvation by faith in Jesus Christ because that's God's will. It was never, you know, the ceremonial law and the moral law, all of these things, they, they point to Christ. He's the fulfillment, fulfillment of these things. Yeah, and I think once that, that gets into people's uh, theology, their thinking then I don't think you, there are certain things that oftentimes that maybe you struggle with that you don't have to struggle with anymore. Stop getting mad at God for saying this stuff to the Jewish people. He wasn't saying that um, the second giving of your hope in Deuteronomy was the second giving of the law, things like that. And because God is instructing his people, they just take it and they go the wrong way. And again, monergism gets thrown out the window. And then all of a sudden you have these creepy works-based religions and it's no good. No, and that's why we always want to make the distinction that God is doing the doing. Paul clearly says everywhere it's it's all God, right? Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. God does the work. Um, so he, but he's making the distinction here. Yep, I am not, you know, we're abandoning the ceremonial Jewish practices uh, for our justification, because we were wrong this whole time, right? We, we read the scriptures wrong, and God has revealed how we are to truly be justified, and that's by faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, and we like it, but seriously, if you're not really down with, um, with seriously, the entire witness of scripture or the counsel of God... That's going to come off sounding a little bit weird. Well, hold on. I have a prescription for those kinds of people out there. For the ones where Adam just clings around the neck and he's super works-oriented based, do this. Go serve your neighbor. Yeah. Take all those special works that you think you got for God and go give them to your neighbor because you don't have to worry about your salvation. That's taken care of. And then... You could go serve your neighbor with all those super works. Yeah, I, I would say that too. I, I would say, you know, hey, if, if you got your momentum built up, well, let's let's put it to good use. You know, when you have those kids that are just w wired up, well, hey, you know what? Let's go shovel some snow. Yeah, <laughs> vacuum the vacuum the rugs. I got I got the lawn to mow. You know, my 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 son was home five minutes the other day. He says I'm bored. I, Bored. So, do yeah. some push. Yeah, he wasn't bored anymore. Imagine that. He 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 found something else to do. He wasn't bored anymore. It's it's a it's a pre-Thanksgiving miracle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is rough. Um, but you know, it's okay. I mean, again, if we we don't want to poo-poo somebody who has wants to do good works. As long as they understand that it's for the sake of their neighbor, not anything else. 
Yes, and you have to, dear Christian, you have to get the fact that Jesus has got you covered in this. He has got your salvation in the bag, and and since you don't have to worry about that, that frees you to love and serve your neighbor. And, and that's, that's, that's freedom. That's freedom. Yes, that is freedom. True freedom. Yeah, the only thing you, yeah, the, if the only thing you had to worry about was how good you're being to your neighbor, you're actually having a good day. Because, I mean, let's be honest, if we all measure ourselves, which I know I do daily, I measure myself according to the law, yeah. I'm like, you you just suck, man. You well, know? I thought you meant your biceps. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean that, that thing that's called the heart within me. So, oh, very good, very you know, good, okay. Yes, yes. This, this black evil heart, I'm like, man, I just can't get rid of this thing. And, and here's the thing, none of you can. Now, go back and listen to our Romans 7 podcast. Uh, where Paul, we're in good company because St. Paul couldn't either. Yeah. So, but the thing is not to sit there and dwell and focus on that. It's to go do the good that you can do, you yeah. know, in what little time we have in this dark and evil age. I, I couldn't, I, yeah, I couldn't say it better myself. Um, I like this section here because, again, it's important. I think it's important to show that, okay, I'm not. I'm not knocking on us for being Jews. Nothing like that. And um, and Gentile sinners, by the way, is just the standard term for, for Gentiles when you're a Gentile, a Jew. And so, but let's let's let's. Well, you know. well, he ties seventeen, verse seventeen and verse fifteen fit together, mm. right? But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ. We too were found to be sinners. What? Yeah. So he's kind of going back to verse fifteen, right? We mm -hmm. we're Jews. We're not Gentile sinners, but wait, wait, we're found to be sinners too, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's um, and then it's like this is kind of a thing uh, when they says so. We're found to be sinners. Is Christ then a servant of sin? No. You're again. They're not. He's kind of pointing out who Christ is, who we are, who Christ isn't is also important to point out the via negativa, you know, of who he is not. And so uh, I love it. I just I just can't get enough of it. You're totally spot on on verse seventeen. We get a nice picture there. Uh, uh, because, you know, if you're being a legalist, uh, if, if you call a Jew who's faithful a sinner in need of God or something, then all of a sudden Christ is, uh, he's, he's an agent of sin. Because you're saying he sort of, if, if works justify us, then God failed. He, he failed. He's a problem. Because if he now, what what is Luther's famous quote there, where he says, "What makes you think that your rotten, filthy works could ever be comparable to uh, Christ, God's death?" Oh yeah, right? I, I, I'm paraphrasing here and I'm butchering it horribly, but Luther has a wonderful quote uh, along these lines. I know what you're talking about, and I I'm mentally butchering it in my head, trying to trying to piece it together. <laughs> We're bushly guys. We're yeah. bushly. Yeah. If you if you want if you want uh, 
perfection. You've actually tuned into the wrong podcast. But um, if you want the truth, we're 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 here. But sometimes on some of these super awesome quotes that I should probably Google. Um, but uh, it's just a it's it's a good point. Um, as we move into Galatians, um, you make that good point, and he ties it together because verse eighteen. For if I rebuild what I tore down, for if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law. So in verse eighteen. Something that wasn't supposed to be there. If I if I build something up that wasn't supposed to be there, well, it's uh it's like saying uh it's like putting tagging the law at the end of a gospel sermon, you know. Um, it's it's just kind of odd. Yeah, and and this ties back into what we were talking about up at, at verse sixteen. Paul is saying. You know, I, I am abandoning this practice in order that I might be found in Christ. Because that's the, the way of salvation, right? Not the the ceremonial laws and all this. These things pointed to Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's saying, I am I am publicly letting you know that it is it is not the way of Levitical law or, you know, I mean, you can say the, the Torah, right? It's mm-hmm. not the because there's laws all in there. It is not the way of, of the ceremonies and, and moral law and all these things that make you righteous. It's only by faith in Christ. Yeah. Because he did what we couldn't do uh, with the weakness of the flesh, you know? Sure. He fulfilled the law on our behalf. I love it. I mean, and this is, this is, this is kind of a breaking point, you know, as we mature in our faith. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm old enough to remember, uh, I mean, my life remembering of not believing and then believing. And early on in my faith, I was, you know, I could have been practically calling myself a Pharisee of Pharisees because there's some maturing that comes with saying, no, it's about Jesus, you know, and you know, at first, you know, I read some of these law statements that says you're supposed to do this, and I would just lash out, and and um, and instead of, you know, trying to go, I don't even know if you're a real Christian. <laughs> and and Well, and the flip side of that coin is the guy who says, he reads the law statements, and he pats himself on the back and says, good job, right? I, I wonder if that person doesn't frighten me more. And then the person who, you know, going, oh, my goodness, you're not doing this. But the one guy who looks at you and goes, no, I got it. I'm fine. You are? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> it's scary. So I, you, Christian, if you are if you are in the struggle, you're, you're in a good place. That means the spirit's waging war against the flesh within you and driving you to faith in Christ through all of that all the time. Yeah. So, and like you said, true freedom, right? Yeah. So we are free from sin, not to continue in sin, but to do good works for our neighbor. But in that, we do sin. Yes. Right? And then we, we, we return to church every Sunday and say, God have mercy on me, a sinner, right? Right. It's this whole 
Uh, and people will say, well, well, that's too religious. Well, of course it is. <laughs> this is a religion. It's a religion. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, when you when you see that, uh, it's kind of interesting because this kind of pushes us over into verse nineteen. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. And um, it's to say that not, this isn't, now we have to clear this up, and Walther does some good examination on this in Law and Gospel. But um, he says um, that this is not to say that, you know, this is not rightly dividing the laws to say that the law has no place, but rather to say that if you're looking at the law correctly, then it can serve as its intended person, I mean, as its intended purpose, and your Christian life. Uh, but Christ, who, uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, died to the law so that I might live to God. So in other words, to say, the law is not my master. God is my master who gives us the law. But God is indeed my master so that you're not slaving to the law. If you're just slaving to the law, you're never going to hear the gospel. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not going to please God by doing the works of the law. You're going to please God by faith. And faith does the works of the law from a purified heart. Yeah. So the thing is, is when you try from the flesh, you're a disgusting abomination to God. Yeah. But if you submit to God in faith, you will just begin to do the works of the law as you continue to learn and grow, because this is how the spirit works on the human heart and conscience. Yeah, you're gonna, you're making a, yeah, this is making the the case for once again another way of dividing, uh, distinguishing. I'm sorry, law and gospel, and because um, you don't divide them, they work together in their own way, but they're their own thing. Um, but you distinguish them to say that's law, that's gospel, and so. With now that the law is not his master, and that it is indeed Christ who is, and God is your master, then you can look at the law as something God gave us, and you can look at the gospel as something God gave us, and each of them have a proper place in our life. Yes, exactly, and a quick disclaimer for those that maybe be catching this for the first time or, or whatnot. Uh, we confess that we are justified solely by grace through faith, which Paul is clearly saying here. And we don't throw out the law because the law still serves three functions on the Christian. It's a curb, a mirror, and a guide. Um, and without the law, the old Adam would run, you know, away from the gospel. Because there's no point of having the gospel without the fear of the law, right? Uh-huh. And... Without the gospel, we become hopeless altogether because nobody can keep the law. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the thing to do is not throw one or the other out, but to properly distinguish which one is which and apply whichever is needed. If you're leaning towards, you know, willfully sinning, well, then you need the law, right? But if you're leaning towards despair because you can't keep the law, well, then you need the gospel, I know, and that's that's actually beautiful. So it, yeah, it's definitely something that's extremely beautiful, and uh, I, it's good for that. Um, let's take a peek here. 
Um, last okay, twenty and twenty-one. I have been crucified. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So I like this because when it says Christ lives in me, Maybe this is my own damage, and if it is, feel free to post in the news group or in the Facebook group. But a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of times when I hear that uh, it's Christ that lives in me, that's pretty much some people's only concept of Jesus is he lives in my heart. And oftentimes they think that that means that, you know, Jesus lives in my heart. And I'm like, no, Jesus is your heart, okay? He doesn't live in there. He is your heart. He is what fills you. And it's no longer you alone, dead in sin. It is Christ who fills you, who clothes you. You know, it, 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 it's a very toothless statement to say, well, uh, Jesus is in my heart. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> you have to, you have to see Paul. Remember, you're talking to Paul, who has no pithiness about him, and he says no. Then, when he says Christ lives in me, um, it's to say that that's how I have life, and not just this sort of little placation. Which, by the way, we don't do placations to our kids here at Christ Lutheran School. It's very clear. We talk death, resurrection, not just living in heaven, but literally resurrection talk. And so, you know, I, I, we don't use these little kind of cutesy things. We have, a, we have an awesome, amazing Jesus that, uh, that is more than just somebody who's living in me like Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> so... I would argue, too, that you have to understand Paul speak, right? You would have to understand. So when Paul is saying, I have been crucified with Christ, this goes back to Romans 6, right? He's saying, I have been baptized, okay? I am dead, okay? I died with Christ in baptism, right? I have been crucified in baptism. This is all Romans 6 speak. And then he says, it's not me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Why? Because he's been drowned. He's been killed, and he's been resurrected to the new man, the man of faith brought by the Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And the life I now live in the flesh, this is not law. This is still gospel, because I used to think this is a law text. It's not law. This is gospel. The life I now live in the flesh, while I'm stuck in this body, I live it through faith. Mm -hmm. So it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, right, that that when, it, when you do the works of the law from faith and not from the flesh, right, from a human effort, but from faith, you know, the, the, the faith does those works. You're just going to do them if you have genuine faith. And I, and, and that is kind of the clincher. Uh, in, in my religion class today, and one of them I was teaching about the Holy Spirit who, uh, you know, because I said to them, I, by my own reason or strength, 
I believe by my own reason or strength that I cannot believe in my Lord Jesus Christ or come to him. And I thought, oh man, I'm going to have such a great explanation for this and start talking about it. And then I stopped and I went, wait a minute. What does, do you guys know what reason means? <laughs> and they're looking at me going, my reason for living is Jesus. No, let me stop you right there. No, I mean, do you know, do you know what reason is? And, um, and so finally I take my small catechism that I've got in my sweaty little palm and I cup my hands over it where only pieces of it is showing. And I say to one of the kids, I go, hey. What do I have in my hands? And they're like, uh, your small catechism. I go, where does it say small catechism? Well, no, I saw you put it there. And so I know that even though I can't uh, read it, I extrapolated that it was from the information I already have. And I'm like, yeah, that's reason. That's I go, it's that squishy, squishy think thing in between your ears. And, um, and so... We started to talk about reason and then strength and what is your strength and, you know, and then we started talking about that and I go, now, how much of this does it say you have to have in order to to believe in Jesus? And, and this little girl looks at me and goes, well, none of it. That's that's not what it's saying at all. And I'm like, thank you. Okay, so, it, and it's saying that it, by my reason or strength, and, it, and at no time does Luther say our reason or strength is bad. He's saying, but that's not the tools. The tools is, but the Holy Spirit has called me um, by what? The gospel. And I go, what's the gospel? And thank God they all just nailed that one. And then, um, and so I'm going, yes, it's literally the good news of Jesus Christ that has the promise of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so, um, we started to really talk about the difference between the, you know, kind of the works of the law versus, um, the good news of the gospel and, and they were just like, oh, and I mean, I could, I'm okay. I admit it. I probably get a little ranty in my religion classes, but not like angry ranty, but like, isn't that awesome? And um, and they're like, yeah, that is awesome. Um, and so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but when you started to say that, I'm like, whoa, um, uh, this is exactly what we were talking about in our catechism class at the school. And uh, they just, they were just loving it because you know what? It's a really, it's such a good truism from our Apostles' Creed. And, um, uh, um, well, that, that was a great analogy of reason. So, uh, that was a good, good way of defining it and, and giving a good example. So, uh, especially to children, you know, because they're, they're hard to reason with. Yeah, and, and asking him, well, what's your reason? And they thought I was, like, trying to make him justify something. My reason to live is Jesus. No, no, let me stop you right there. <laughs> That's not what I'm asking. <laughs> and whenever I come in their class, oh, I just love these kids, man. They are so smart, and they are so cool, and they, they love Jesus so much, you know. And uh, when I get to go in there and talk to them about this stuff, it's just amazing. Um, I'll tell you, you know, what. I, I agree. Anytime I get to blabber on about law and gospel and then point people to the gospel where they're truly saved by faith in Christ. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. There's, there's no, 
there's no better way to spend time while we wait for the resurrection. Yeah, and then, except I got to do that whole work thing. That's you know that yeah. that work thing God commanded me to do. I got to do that. Well, I got to tell you, it's not the worst case scenario to get paid to be with these wonderful kids. I mean, I, I serve as a pastor, an administrator, sometimes a teacher, you know, but ultimately, as I'm here and um, serving in my vocation. I'll tell you, it, it is one of the greatest things. We don't have any kids here with a dull bulb. They're all so bright and exciting, and they all bring stuff. They say the craziest stuff sometimes, and I just crack up like I totally lose track of what I'm saying because I'm like, what? <laughs> and they know it, too. I swear, my own son who's in one of my classes, I know he says weird stuff sometimes just to get me off track. But it's uh, <laughs> it's he's his dad's son. But, um, so yeah, there's definitely so much to know about this. And I like this. 21. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. If you're trying to save yourself, what you're trying to say is God's grace means nothing. Or, ask this question. Yeah. Should often, or, what did Jesus die for? If you, if you keep... Feeling like you're 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 failing and failing and failing and failing and you're never gonna make it to heaven. Well, that that's proof. That's evident of the spirit within you because you know if if you if you were failing and failing and failing and didn't care, you'd be what we call the heathen. Yeah. But since it's weighing on your conscience, the question is, well, what did Jesus die for? Well, he died for those failings that you keep hating and experiencing. Mm hmm. If you. Yeah, if you're in a rocket ship heading towards the sun and you're getting too hot, don't turn the afterburners on. It's you're not it's not right. You're not going the right way. So, with that being said, um this I think with all the talk we've done about law and gospel and understanding it, I think in my opinion, this really sets us up for a listener question. Um because simply because uh, we have we have some of the we have some of the best. Even though we're bush league, I don't think our fans are bush league. I think our fans put up with us being bush league, and they're very kind to us. Um, Is bush league too high? I mean, are we are we nerd? You know, you can be honest with me. I think we're nerd. Well, I don't know because um, I think I might be more of a geek. So, or do we? Is it do we below a nerd, or is it a I don't nerd know. above a dweeb? When I was <laughs> when I was in in um, school, public school, they were all pretty interchangeable. But now they're they're um, they've gone tribal. <laughs> the yeah, nerds are with the nerds. Now, so I, I someone's gonna have to comment. And let us know: Are we nerd, or are we dweeb, or are we bush league? What are we? Where do we fit in here? Because. I don't think we care. Does, <laughs> does, we lost track. Or does, like love, does Bush League cover a, a multitude of names? <laughs> 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 so, anyway, uh, Jason says, uh, in my home state, the great state of Michigan, marijuana is now legal. If it is sinful to get drunk, does it stand to reason that getting high is sinful also? Now, 
here is a place where we're using the word reason. This is maybe why all this stuff was coming around. Now, first of all, I like his wording. I think he thought carefully about this question because he said, is it sinful to get drunk? And we have to ask the question, does the Bible speak about this as about being uh, drunk and versus drinking? And so um, we'll see, for example, uh, um, where was it? Uh, uh, lost my spot. Okay, so even in Deuteronomy, which is not what you're reading right now. I'm still in numbers. Um, like it was a, co a complaint in Deuteronomy in, when the, they say... Uh, our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. And they say he is a glutton and a drunkard. And um, also, uh, you know, there's 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 warnings with coming between this and um, uh, where is it? Uh, uh, oh, man, this is good radio. Um, uh, I lost my spot. I was looking through my Bible here. Um, St. Paul, for example, okay, 1 Corinthians, here it is, and he's where he tells them that, you know, that it, among other things, and we talked about this before, one of the things that's not okay is to be what he calls a drunkard, somebody who is in this, you know, they, they can't, they're in this state of when they drink, they're drinking over in excess, and tells us in 1 Timothy that even um, pastors are not supposed to be drunkards. Um, you know, or even the drunkards, the greedy drunkards and all these things are not inherit the kingdom of God, you know, so he makes a point of saying, I'm, I'm talking about the overuse of alcohol, the abuse, there's the word I'm looking for, the abuse of alcohol. Now, what, what I was, what we were talking about earlier before we started recording was, is there an abuse of marijuana? Meaning that implies that is there a use that isn't for the purpose of intoxication? Um, because you can, I can drink a beer that I enjoy and I don't, I'm not drunk. I would pass an alcohol test. I would pass it, you know. Um, and the same is true. What about marijuana? Is there a use for marijuana that is not purely for intoxication yeah i would say there is there there is a use for bear right there's there's oils and hemp's mm -hmm. and they make hats and ropes and other things right that yeah. that uh and i hear the oils have beneficial health yeah. uh but as far as smoking it goes um i'm pretty sure that if you smoke marijuana and here's the the contrast between um, alcohol, like you said, and marijuana is you can control the the consumption with alcohol, and I don't think you can do that with marijuana, right? Well, so yeah, the thing, the the question behind every question, okay, the thing is, is nothing in and of itself is bad. There is not one thing in creation besides Satan, 
that's bad. But Satan was not created bad, right? Yeah. So the the thing is never bad. It's not that the beer is bad. It's not that uh, movies are bad. It's not that the music's bad. It's not that food is bad. It's, it's that man is sinful and takes the good gifts of God and corrupts them for bad and evil purposes and practices. Yeah, and you know what? What you're talking is having a mature view on first article gifts and to say that, you know, you make a good point. It's not that alcohol is bad. It's the abuse of it. I mean, it's, and, you know, because we have all these things that, or even um, food. Well, if you eat too much food, then your your body starts to get trashed, you know, or... You know, so you don't even have to pick a controlled substance. <laughs> you can, you can. I mean, we can wind it out, right? Money, yeah, clothing, uh, jewelry. I mean, all this stuff is not bad. It's it's always the sinful heart that's bad and abuses the good gifts of God. So God says, okay, here's your daily bread to pay your bills, right? And I'm gonna go to a casino and gamble it all away. I mean, that's <laughs> bad then, right? Sure. Now you're no longer walking in love and, and, and providing for your family. Now you're being a, a selfish jerk, you know, and, and you probably uh, heaped five more sins upon yourself, you know, coveting and greed. I, I, I mean, all the way to uh, idolatry, you know, in that. So it's not the thing that's bad. It's always the, the, the human heart. So what I would say on marijuana is I wouldn't smoke it because it, it's probably uh, – it's probably not, it's probably going to land you into a state of drunkenness. And we're told to be sober-minded from the scriptures and to be aware. But if you have a prescription from a doctor and you're using it right, then I'm not going to say anything against you because, you know, the doctor will give you Percocet or Oxycontin or Codeine or, or whatever else these other things are that, that could potentially have the same effects and then again, this is a first article gift, you know, to relieve you of a symptom of pain or, or whatnot, and and not uh, it's it's man that abuses those things. So you're only supposed to use it, you know, under the care of a physician, and it's for a certain purpose. Right. And you know, this is that's why you know we're not doctors, okay, um, but. Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, that's our disclaimer. And, you know, remember, we're lobbing out wisdom from the Bush League here. But according to, um, uh, like, for example, uh, according to what we've read, and again, we're not, we're not contributors to the Journal of the American Medical Association, anything like that. But there are legitimate reasons to use marijuana and includes things like cancer patients i've seen that but um also but there's people that use it just for the to get high kind of thing and you know you know taking a if you have a broken arm and they give you percocet because oh i guess that hurts um and and so you're like yeah but if you're just popping percocet because it's a friday night it's the same percocet but it, you know, you're you're using it for just reasons to make yourself uh, high. So, you know, that's why there's there's a difference. And I don't I don't think we're drawing too, I don't think we're drawing too fine of a line by saying 
well, what is its intended purpose? And are we are we going against the fourth commandment as far as our other leaders by using this? And, and in Michigan, the answer is no. But just like in every state, you can also go buy a, a fifth of Jack Daniels and go crash your car because you just drank a fifth of Jack Daniels too. So, and it, it's not because Jack Daniels is bad. It's because you have no business drinking Jack Daniels. So, I mean, you know, it, the, the whiskey wasn't the problem. The, the misuse of it was. Well, that's what we want to do with everything, right? We want to take the thing and then judge what we're doing with this thing according to God's Ten Commandments, right? Sure. The moral law. We want to take the thing, judge it to the moral law, and then go with conscience on it. Now, if it's a clear violation of the law, then you don't do it, right? Yeah. I mean, if the thing is uh, you open a bag and it's... Um, you know, dishonor your mother card or something, you, you, you throw that away. You don't turn that card in, right? You right. Know? So, you know, and I as you were talking, I was thinking of another thing I just knew. And, and I, for one, I voted against it. I'm in Michigan. I voted against the marijuana thing just because I know the hearts of men are evil and, and the majority are probably going to abuse it. Um, but... You know, I've also seen studies where there's kids out there that are dying from seizures uh, because they have horrible epilepsy, and I guess there's a way that they could take this, uh, the medical marijuana, and and somehow they take the high out of it. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? I think, that what is it, the THC or whatever? Well, some of it when people, like, have cancer, it's because they're, like, not eating and uh and that does you know we jokingly call it the munchies but it's actually um it actually is good for them to eat well right and that's what i'm saying you know with with these kids with seizures it does have a medical purpose it stops the seizure so i mean uh then it becomes a first article gift and we want to use these things very carefully under the care of a physician you know and do things the right way, making sure that we're seeking guidance from our, our pastors, right, and our father confessors, mm -hmm. and, and that nothing is done out of out of uh, an evil, sinful desire. we got to keep a close eye on ourselves. Paul warns over and over again, watch yourselves, watch yourselves, watch yourselves, yeah. because the flesh is easily tempted. Satan is always lurking around the corner to say, hey... Did God really say, why don't you just take a few more tokes on that? You know, go ahead. You earned it. You had a hard day. That, that guy was a jerk. You know, you need to calm down. <laughs> go ahead and do your thing. It's all about you. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know, I think we've all had that conversation with our old Adams. <laughs> well, how many times do you hear it a day? Well, it's because, and then the self-justification comes in, right? Right. Um, and so you're certainly, I mean, it's, uh, what is it? Um, you know, even, even like in Ephesians five, he's like, don't get drunk with wine. He's not saying don't drink wine. He's like just saying, but slow down, buddy. You know, <laughs> you know it's not, it's not, uh, it's not eating is the problem. It's being a glutton is the problem. It's not drinking. It's the problem. It's being a drunkard. You know, so um, that's just kind of the, uh, it's sad but true. There's this 
idea, and I don't think Christians get a good enough reputation on this, but there's this Christian idea that says, hey, you guys, uh, just go easy, you know? Instead of us always just being the... Um, the teetotalers and everything is to say, no, 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 I, I, if, if Zach and I lived in the same town, who knows, we might get a beer together, whatever, I'm not saying that, but, um, I don't know, if Zach, do you drink? I don't drink, but I mean, I have nothing against drinking, I just don't drink for personal reasons. Okay, so you would, uh, you, I mean, you and I could sit around and, and if I had a, if I had a beer, you wouldn't be like, oh my goodness! You know, so... No, and I'll tell you what, I've had people in my life that are always like, you know, they, they crack open a beer, and these are super, these are super faithful Christians, because what they do is like, <gasps> no, and they go to put it away, and I'm like, no, 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 I don't have a problem with you drinking, <laughs> it's just, I don't drink, you know what yeah. I mean? So I'm like, please, be my guest, I will buy you a beer. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make me stumble, but you know, on... on they think that, that I might be weak in this, and they do the right thing, and they're trying to put it away, and I'm like, no, 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 that's not it at all. So, you know, I'm like, please, drink. Just don't drink 20, you know. Don't yeah. drink 10 even. Drink, you know, whatever your limit is. I mean, I can't set a limit, you know, because you, if you have a 280-pound man versus a 100-pound girl, uh you know, you're going to have differences. So they're going to have to rely on their own conscience and judge that according to the Ten Commandments. Right. And so it's, yeah, it's being moderate. Once again, it's saying, you know, don't don't be the ISIS of everything you do. <laughs> I mean, just like, <laughs> settle down. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, and I honestly think it really doesn't take a lot more than that because I think we we could get weird on this, but I don't think there's any need to. Um, again, in the, no, in we're, the we're weird enough. We're weird enough. Oh, so. absolutely. But in the Facebook group, you know, if somebody wants to bring it up into the the group, uh, and it's the Lutheran, it's Lutheran stuff, no drama. If you're not part of the group, but um, uh bring it up and we can discuss it more and maybe we might even tack something on to the next section that we read in Galatians. Oh, Galatians is such a good book. But let's let's do something that we haven't done before. Let us on the on the on air. Okay. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to Thanks God. Thanks be to God. Definitely. And uh you guys, thank you for being listeners. And Zach, always, you're the awesomest co-host ever. And we uh, we look forward to, to next time. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Uh, God bless your day. Bye-bye. Hey. Hey.